let's pray and let's get started tonight. Father God, you are great and you're wonderful. There is no other there's no God like you. There's no other, no one more powerful than you. There's no one better than you. You are the true and living God. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are the one who has rescued us. And we thank you tonight for all of that. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for always showing up. We thank you for being ever present and being always being available. We thank you that when we called out to you, you heard our cry, Father, and you answered us. We thank you that you are reliable, God. That will always come through and that you have given us everything that we ever could need to live our best lives here on earth. And as we dive into your word tonight, Father, we pray that our eyes and our ears are open to hear what you, the Holy Spirit, have to say to us so that we may become more like you, God. We thank you that we understand the power of our imagination. We understand the, the purpose of Holy Spirit and how even though our reality may be one way, that through the creative power of our imagination, we can go to war and create a new life for ourselves by imagining something new. So God, we thank you for that power. We thank you that we walk in that power. And we thank you that tonight, after tonight, we'll never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about the power of imagination. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous because uh, I couldn't get my notes to go the way I wanted to them and all these things. But I've been, I've been meditating on this for a little while. So I'm just going to talk to you based on what I've been talking to myself about, if that's okay. And so the first thing I want to do is start with a quote from Albert Einstein. And it says this, imagination is everything. It's the preview for life's coming attractions. My imagination is everything. It's the preview for life's coming attractions. And so what that means is this, with my imagination, I have the ability to determine what's going to show up in my life. If you ever go to a fair or to a movie or to anything like that, they always talk about the next coming attraction, what's happening, what's going on. They always get you hyped. Why? Because they know what's coming. They have already created they already created everything, so they know what to present to you. And so as a born-again believer, or better yet, as a human being, you have been given the power to create images. You have been given the power to create images that have ability to frame your world and to dictate what's going to happen in the future. So your imagination is everything. It's the preview for life's coming attractions. And tonight we're going to focus on how to use my imagination to go to war. How do I use my imagination to overcome? How do I use my imagination to experience everything that God has for me? And I remember, uh, and I'm going to tell some stories as we go. I remember in 2001 coming to Fayetteville, Arkansas to go to school at Fayetteville. I didn't even know that it was a Holy Ghost setup. All I knew is this. Big Brother had gone there. I got a full academic ride to the U, to the U of A. And so I was like, and I felt like that's where I was going. And, and before I ever got to Fayetteville, though, I had already arrived in Fayetteville because even as a as a 10th grader in, in high school, I said, I'm going to treat high school like a job. So every day I went to high school, 
All right. I treated it like a job. I did the work. I made all A's throughout high school. I graduated number one in my class. And I had already envisioned myself leaving Prescott, Arkansas, which is where I'm from. Why? Because you always see it before you see it. And so in my mind, in the eyes of my heart, I had already seen myself leaving Prescott. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew where I wasn't staying. And so in my mind, I knew that. And so I began to line up my actions with that. And before you knew it, I had the full ride. I was on my way to Fayetteville. I got to Fayetteville. I ran across this dude named Barrett who introduced me to the FOC. And then 20 years later, I am now here. And I remember when I first came to the church hearing Pastor Edwin talk about Abundant Life Church International and how we'll be a ministry all over the world. And I remember Terrence in the uh, office making that website putting those dots all over Arkansas, all over the United States and all over the world. So that you, when you went to our website, it was like this globe that showed everything uh, and every place that we're located. And so that was the image that was Pastor Edwin's imagination. That's what he had painted in his heart. And if you don't faint with the vision, you see that thing come to pass. 2021, we are now a ministry that is global. We are all over the world. Everywhere there, there's internet, people can hear the word. Why? Because it started out with an imagination. It started out with Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, April of 2000, daring to imagine that they could have something bigger than themselves, that they can impact something bigger than Arkansas. We global, baby. We're all over the world. And that all started with an imagination. It all started with a thought. It all started with an image. That's what it started with. Our imagination and our thoughts is what creates our future. It's, it's, it's long been said that thoughts become things, right? Your thoughts become things. And your imagination is always at work. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm a vivid person. I'm a visual learner. So I always like giving you examples that are visual. So your imagination is always working. It's always creating something for you, whether you whether that aligns with the word or it aligns with things that are not of the word. Your imagination is always working. Your imagination is a muscle. It's the very thing that makes everything possible. When we stay immersed in what is directly in front of us all the time, when you focus on your current reality all of the time, you continually create the same challenges. You continually create the same problems. You continually create the same experiences over and over again. And that's why a lot of, a lot of people find themselves in this cyclical pattern because your imagination is only focused on the reality that's in front of you. So those thoughts are only producing the same things over and over and over again. You want something different, but you haven't invested in your imagination to get something different. And we'll talk about what investing in our imagination looks like. So unless you invest something new into your imagination, unless you feed that thing something different, you focus on your current reality. Therefore, your current reality becomes your current reality becomes your current reality because your imagination is only seeing what you have put in front of it. But oh, baby, when you think something new, you can have something new and you can experience something new. 
It says, we continually create the same challenges, problems, and experiences over and over again. But when we venture out into our imagination to focus on the reality that we want to experience, the energy is set in motion. Hear that. Your imagination has the ability to produce an energy that calls the name of the thing that God has already told you you can have. Everything in earth has a name. Everything in earth has an audible response to its name. And so what your imagination does is create the images necessary so that you see it through the eyes of your heart and from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And when your mouth speaks, the world listens and comes into manifestation of the thing that God already told you you can have. But until you see it, you'll never see it. And for a lot of us, we don't see the will of God because we've never seen the will of God. We don't see a good marriage because we've never seen a good marriage. We don't see healthy bodies because we've never seen healthy bodies. We are mad at God because he won't give us something that we have never seen. And baby, that's just not faith. But when you begin to operate in the creative power of your imagination, because you got to understand we're the only thing that God has ever created and he gave an image maker to. Our imagination is an image maker. It's designed to create images in our head that we could begin to call, speak out of our mouth and to begin to see manifest in the earth. So for some of us, we ain't seen it because you ain't seen it. It's unfair to believe that God will bless you with anything that you haven't seen, because if you haven't seen it, then you're not utilizing your faith because faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So when I'm operating in faith, I already have an image of what God has promised me. Therefore, I'm not waiting for it to be produced. It has already been produced. And because it's so big in my head and I see it through the eyes of my heart, my mouth can't help but to speak what my heart is full of. But because your mouth isn't saying what the word is saying, because your heart ain't full of that. So tonight we're going to take a moment to dive into the power of imagination. All right. I know we just got out. We just rolled it. Our imagination gives us the creative power to bring to pass what God has promised us in his word. However, for many of us, our imagination isn't functioning the way it should function because we're not focusing on the things that we're supposed to focus on. We're not focusing on the things that we're supposed to focus on. We're consumed with reality. And for a lot of us, reality sucks. For a lot of people, your reality sucks. And when you focus on that reality that sucks, you imagine a reality that sucks and tangible thoughts produce things. So your reality continually sucks because you're not thinking new thoughts. You're not you're not investing in your imagination. You're not changing what you're focused on. So news and violence, crime and sickness, pandemics, all these things can be overwhelming and make it seem like everything's just falling apart. Yeah, thinking, feeling cycle. Y'all own it, Chris, uh, Pastor Chris and, and Leslie. I think mom had something up there earlier, right? If you fall into the trap of focusing on your reality, you only create the same images over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And so what we got to do is tap into the imagination. We got to do what Jesus, I mean, God did in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 is a perfect example, right? God saw, God said, and God saw it again. How did this happen for God? God saw, he, he, he walked out, he said, he saw darkness. He saw formless, 
in reality. He saw a void in the reality. However, his focus was on what he saw in his spirit. He focused on what he saw with the eyes of his heart. This is what he said. For many believers, our focus isn't on what we have, the, what the spirit is saying to us. Our focus is on the reality. And that's why the enemy is always putting things in our uh, in our in our in our sensual uh, uh, realm, so that we may begin to create images that are unlike the images God has for us, because the image maker, our imagination, is always going to produce something tangible. Always. So if the enemy can get you to get off of God's thinking that you are blessed and highly favored, if the enemy can get you to think that you're something contrary to what God has called you to be, then he can get you to produce that in your life. You got to understand that the enemy is not creative. He doesn't have an imagination. He does the same thing over and over again. Why? Because he can only do the same thing over and over again. And so if he can get you to be drawn away by the lust of your own flesh because you don't take time to crucify your flesh and he gets you to the point where you lose track of what God has promised you, then he can get you to stay sick. He can get you to stay broke. He can get you to stay depressed. He can get your marriage to stay poor. Why? Because he will cause an image in your reality to become the image in which you focus on and you only replicate your reality. So God said, look, this thing is dark. God said, look, this thing is without void. But God didn't say what he saw with his physical eyes. God said what he saw in his spirit. So why, did, why was he able to do that? Because from the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks, Matthew 12 and 34. God had meditated on what he knew what it was supposed to look like. God had saw the end from the beginning. So God walked out to earth and said, let there be light. And guess where there was? There was light. He walked out and said, let there be a sky. And there was sky. He said, let there be a sun, sun and a firmament. And he said, let there be land. And there was land. God spoke from the place of his heart and he saw what he said. Why? Because that's what was in abundance in his heart. He had spent time meditating on that so that when, when he saw something that looked different, the vision overrode his sight. My vision overrides my sight. Think about Walmart. You think Walmart hasn't uh, closed stores? You think McDonald's hasn't closed stores? You think that everything that was sold on Amazon automatically uh, was great? No, that didn't just happen. They didn't let sight cause them to lose their vision. What do you mean, Ralph? Closing a store doesn't mean that the vision is lost. Closing a McDonald's doesn't mean that the vision is lost. Getting a note from a bank doesn't mean that the vision is lost. Having something to go bad in your marriage doesn't mean that the vision is lost. So many times we are led by sight, which is a temporal, everyday, in the moment thing that we see instead of being led by vision. And we know that people, my people perish. Why? Because they don't have any vision. All you're being led by is what you see right now. That's why your joy, your feelings are all based on what's happening. You live a life of happiness. So if everything is going good, you're happy. If everything is well, you're happy. Then when things are not well, you're sad. When, when somebody says something that hurts your feeling, you're, you're depressed. You're all over the place. Why? Because you're not living by a vision. You're living by sight. But when we live by vision, when we live by the things of God and what he has promised us, vision says this, 
and the world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I've already overcome the world. So vision says, no matter the times I'm sucker punched, no matter the times a bill shows up unexpected, no matter the times an enemy tries to afflict my body with pain, I declare in Jesus' name, I am healed, I am whole, and I am victorious. Because vision is always focused on the end result. And that's how Jesus walked out into darkness and was able to say, no, that's light right there, baby. No, that's land over there, baby. No, that's trees and that's grass growing over there. No, that's man. That's Adam. That's who that is. No, he go to sleep and we created Eve. Why? Because he had vision. He had already from the from the end created the beginning from the end. God had already saw it. So he was able to see it. So for many of us, our imaginations are powerless, are powerless for kingdom good because there is no kingdom in our hearts in abundance. We know a little scripture. We know a little about faith. We still don't see what God has said. Why? Because we have not seen what God has said. This is a year of five to one. How many of you got a clear vision of seeing five to one? How many of you guys, like right now, uh, I, I was just thinking about it as I, I was I was thinking about this message, and I've been listening to Pastor Dollar who talked about this, uh, how we used to name and claim it, and people are like, oh, that's cultures, oh, oh, that's that's fake, whatever. It's not. It's not fake. That's the real thing. Jesus saw void, and he named light, and guess what showed up? Light. So I said, okay, God. I remember this house I lived in, right? You know, I love, I remember. I remember God saying, you'll live in a house. It'll be 2,000 square foot or better. And he said, this is what it's going to look like. And so and so we begin to paint that image in our mind. We got a house. This is when the house is going to show up. We begin to see it. We could walk in a house. I'm like, oh, this is not it. Oh, this is not it. And before you know it, we walked into something and it didn't quite look on the outside like what we wanted to. But as soon as we walked on the inside, we was like, oh, this is it. It didn't line up with what we our money. It didn't line up with our jobs. It didn't line up with our credit scores. It didn't line up with the bank or what our, even our realtor was saying us. But we had an image that God had given us about owning a home and when we were going to own it and the size of it and everything like that. And we painted that vision in our mind. And even I remember sitting down with the realtor and we said, look, right now we want to pay this amount of money for this house. And it was $35,000 less than asking. We told them we wanted gutters all the way around. We wanted two inch wood blinds all the way through the house. We wanted uh, the cabinets painted a certain way. We wanted all this extra done that totaled probably another $12,000. Our realtor sat in that office and told us, I'm not sure about this, but I had already seen what God had said. So I already knew I was convinced of the victory that God was going to provide for me. So I sat in that office and I said, submit it anyway. She go, she call us later the next day and she said, y'all won't believe this. Huh? What you mean what we don't believe? I already saw it. She said they accept it. And we like, praise God. And we were excited. But we were, it was only a replication of what we had already seen in our minds. Why? Because you got to see it before it ever shows up. You got to see your body whole. You got to see your money well. You got to see your marriage whole. You got to visually put the details to that thing before you see it. Why? 
because it doesn't matter what harvest and what it doesn't matter what the lender telling you. God said it's yours. You got to envision it so many times. And this is what the Lord told me this week. And this is this will be good for you. So many times we focus on the how. God says, I never asked you to focus on the how. That's my job. Your job as a believer is to do what? Believe. He says, I want you to meditate on my word about houses. I want you to meditate on my word about healing. I want you to meditate on my word about peace of mind. I want you to meditate on my word about getting a promotion. Don't you worry about where it comes from or how it happens. Your only job as a believer is to get the image so big in your mind that you know it belongs to you. God takes care of the rest. But so many times if our body afflicted, we wear about trying to confess about cancer. We're worried about confessing about this and we're worried about confessing about the money. That ain't your job, baby. Your job is to know that you're healed. However God brings healing, it's up to God. Your job is to know that God will bring you through. However that victory shows up, it's up to God. But if you're always praying while looking and, and, and constraining God to how you feel like he can get it accomplished, then you're stepping outside your realm and your job expectations. It ain't your job to figure out how, it's your job only to believe. I don't got to figure out how it's going to happen. I just got to believe that it's going to happen. I don't got to figure out how I'm going to be debt free. I just got to believe God that I am debt free. Why? Because in believing God and painting the vision that I owe no man nothing but to love him, I end up knowing no man nothing nothing but to love them. But in painting that vision and walking in faith, God will always give you a plan of action in which to carry out that thing. But your job isn't to figure out the how. Your job isn't to maneuver around the plans. Your job is to believe. So let's get back. So when we take the time to visualize, confess, and act, we end up with amazing manifestations. When I take the time to visualize, when I take the time to confess with my mouth, when I take the time to act on the things God has for me, I will see amazing manifestations. Your possibilities are endless when we begin to use our imagination. Why? Because your imagination instantly takes you from your reality into the place you're supposed to be. I remember being in Prescott, being in high school, sitting in my house, saying, I am going to have a house with doorknobs to all the bedrooms because I didn't have that. I remember sitting there in my house saying that I'm going to live in a brick house and I'm going to own it because all we ever did in Prescott was rent it. I, I remember sitting in my house saying, I am going to have more money than money. I didn't know how that was going to show up. All I knew was I wasn't going to live the same way I was going to live. I spent time imagining myself being in a different place and it relocated me to a different place. I make more money than I ever imagined growing up now. I own multiple homes, multiple cars. I own those things and not to brag, God, glory to God, but those are all things I imagined. I remember when we brought April's car and I said, God, I don't want to be paying on this car. I hate car payments. We want to pay this car off early. 
and God will, well, how fast you want to pay it off? I said, at least three years. And for us, it was a big deal. It was a $40,000 car. And, 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 and we wanted to pay it off in three years. And God said, all right, believe me for it. And I was like, what do you want me to do? We stole the seed and, we, and I got the image in my mind. And 20, whatever it was, I said, this car will be paid off. We exceeded it by six months. It was paid off, not because of anything special I did. I simply chose to create a vision and take God as his word. God, I am a tither. I have paid people's car notes. I have paid people's insurance. I have paid for people's gas. I have sown a car into somebody's life. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I got everything that I need to receive this in my life. So God, I see it in my mind. And even when, when I was making extra payments and a month had come up and we couldn't make the extra payment or something happened and we had to go get the car fixed, it was only an opportunity for us to create an image that was different from the image that God already told us that we can have. It was the enemy's ways of trying to get me to imagine something that it wouldn't come to pass. But baby, when you got a vision, in this world, you will have troubles, but fear not, right? I've already overcome the world. The vision gave way to reality. But so many times we quit because we put a time frame on God. We say, God, well, I want this to happen. And you don't even ask God about anything. You're like, well, I, I believe it should happen in a year. Well, God didn't tell you it was going to happen in a year. And so after a year, you quit. It took Noah 120 years to build that boat. It took Abraham over uh, and Sarah's decades to have Isaac. But they didn't quit. Why? Because they had a vision. You quit. The only reason you quit is because you didn't have a vision. You didn't write the vision. It wasn't clear for you. Because when the vision is clear, you won't quit on it. When the vision is clear, you won't quit on it. The And if you just look at yourself right now, and I know it's true, uh, and I use my, and I, and no, don't, no shade, right? No shade to anybody, but I, I look at the statistics for, uh, for our, for our affirmations, command your day. When we started the year, it was 97% of the people that, that were opening the, uh, emails. At this point, we got 38% of the people opening the emails. Why? If you're not careful, life will slap you. It will change. It will slowly erode the vision. We start the year on fire. We're writing all these things out that we're going to accomplish. And by the time January get here, we're tired of being in the house. We're watching TV all the time. We're, at, we're just trying to pacify ourselves because we feel exhausted and we need a break because you you don't you ain't kept a vision before you and because that vision has eroded away you have stopped investing in the vision because honestly passionate people aren't really resilient you gotta work at being resilient that's why it's important to go back and listen to those messages it's important to go back and listen to it it's important to have repetitive teaching it's important to meditate let's keep going because I really want you guys to understand, listen, a lot of us, the missing, and, and we used to do it all the time. I remember walking out the church and somebody's car went started. And we, after we prayed, we said in the name of Jesus, we see the engine started. We did, we just did it with brother Rod. We just visioned Rod going in with his family, Rod at the ball games, Rod walking through this house, Rod doing this, the power of the imagination coupled with the, the power of God, caused it to happen. 
We were resilient about that. We confessed every day. We fasted every day. Fasting didn't move God. Fasting moved us in position to maintain our resilience, to maintain our focus, to maintain the, the pressure needed to keep painting that picture of Rod walking out that hospital, of Rod embracing his daughters, of Rod kissing his wife, Tanya. That vision is so real that it happens. So when it happens, it's not something new. It's not something hard to believe because we already seen it. And for a lot of people, that's why when something good happens in our lives, you're so overwhelmed because you ain't never seen it. That's just God goodness showing up for you. That's just some mercy. That's just some grace. That wasn't faith. That's just that's just that's just God. As a good father, I bring home things to my children, not things that they believe for. Things I just gave them because they 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 my babies. And so many times you get satisfied with just the good things that you're not pressing in and paying vision to get the best thing that God has to offer. As God's children, we all will have the ability to live a decent life. But if you want the best that your daddy got to offer, you got to do it daddy's way. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 3 verses, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warf warf warfare <laughs> are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You have to understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. carnal. All right. On a, in a divorce translation, it says this for the for though we walk in the world, we do not fight according to the world's rules. The weapons of our war we're fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God. So many times you're out here trying to fight things in the earth when you're not designed to do that. That's not your fight. You walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. So anything in the flesh, I don't know war after that. That's not my, my weapons of warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. They're mighty weapons through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are the strongholds? Every image in my mind that's contrary to the will of God. God's word is designed so that it could cause your image maker to align with the spirit, with the, with the kingdom of God, with heaven. So God says, my weapon, the weapon of warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty. How's it mighty? It's mighty for the pulling down of the strongholds, those fortified things you have built up in your mind, those twisted ways of thinking that you have in your mind, the particular cause or unbelief that you strongly defend in your mind. That's what the word of God is designed to do, to tear it down. Why does the word need to tear that down? Because when the word tears down those strongholds, when it casts down those imaginations that are exalting itself against the knowledge of God, and it brings those things into captivity unto the obedience of Christ, then that means that the things, my thoughts, my imagination, they are appearing in full alignment with the kingdom. Therefore, my ability to produce kingdom is automatic. I see it, I say it, and I see it again. Why? Because the word of God is designed not the work. Okay, let me give you an example. When, when my family got COVID, I didn't even focus on COVID. What I began to do 
is use the word of God to focus on the stronghold or the imagination that might have said that my family wasn't healed. So I began to use the word of God. The word of God says that by, by, by his stripes, you're healed. The word of God says that they sent the word and it healed them all. The word of God says that he wished above all things that he may prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. So it's the will of God for my family to prosper. It's the will of God for my family to be in health. So I don't, I, so I begin to use the word of God to tear down every imagination that says they'll be short of breath, to tear down every imagination that says they will get sicker, to tear down every imagination that, that says that they'll have the sad effects of COVID. I use the word of God to tear down every imagination, to tear down every stronghold, to tear down all of those things. Why? Because when I use the word of God to do that, it helps me to create images that align with the word. And when those images align with the word and I see it through the eyes of my heart, then I'm able to manifest in the earth the thing that God has showed me in my mind. So when the weapons of our warfare are not being carnal, but they're being mighty, because the mighty thing that they're doing is causing my imagination to align with into obedience of Christ. It's causing my imagination to align with kingdom of heaven. It's causing my imagination to look just like God. So the same way God went out and saw void and said, let there be light and light showed up when I began to use the weapons of my wherefore, which are mighty through God for the pulling down of that stronghold. What's that stronghold? Everybody in my family had a baby before they was 20. Everybody in my family marriage ended up in divorce. Everybody in my family broke, disgusted, and can't be trusted. Everybody in my family died before 65. Those are strongholds that have been developed in our minds over time. And what you got to do is use the weapons of the mighty weapons of God, which is his word, to tear down those strongholds, to tear those things down so that you may bring into captivity every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. So I don't got to focus on how I'm going to be cured from cancer. I don't got to be focused on how I'm going to be cured from depression. I don't got to focus on how I'm going to be debt free. I don't have to focus on how my marriage is going to work. I just got to tear down every stronghold that says it won't work. I just got to tear down every stronghold that says it will fail. I just got to focus on the fact that in John 6 and 13 and 33, that the Lord says in this world, you may have troubles, but be of good cheer. I have already over come the world. So all I got to focus on is that I have victory in my mind. I have victory in my marriage. I have victory in my house. I have victory in my body. I have victory in the marrow and my bone marrow. I have victory in my cells. I have victory in my respiratory system. I have victory in my pancreas and the insulin that it produces. I have victory in those areas. So my job is to see myself whole, and God's job is to do the rest. He's done the rest. Why? Because he created the end before the beginning. It showed the creative power of God. He was setting us up. He says, I create the end before the beginning. Isaiah 46 and 10, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. God said, you don't even know nothing about the creative ability of me. I can call the end. I create the end from the beginning. So everything that is to be was created already. And then I walked that thing backwards. And then I gave you Holy Spirit who was with me when I created end from beginning. 
to dwell on the inside of you. That's why he breathed into Adam. That's why when Adam sinned and the spirit departed from Adam and he was always trying to get Holy Spirit back to us. Why? Because Holy Spirit was present with God when God created in from beginning. So the Holy Spirit's job was to come and dwell on the inside of us to give us glimpses into the future so that we'll know that our end was already established. So we'll know that the good thoughts that he has towards us us, to give us, uh, to prosper us, to give us an expected end, a hope and a future. That's why it was so important for Jesus to come and to give up his life so that he could become the perfect sacrifice. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit may be inside of each of us so that now God has made known the end from the beginning. And that, that thing, Holy Spirit is now on the inside of me, giving me that same ability. So when I focus on the fact that I got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, when I let Holy Spirit talk to me, I remember Pastor Sean got on to me one time because I used to dream a lot. And I remember dreaming about my grandmother dying. And I said, Mom, I call her Mom. And I was like, Mom, this is a dream I had. He's like, she's like, he didn't tell you that so that you just know your grandmother died. He told you that so you can create an image. So I began to create an image that my grandma would live, that she would prosper. I talked to my grandma about the things that she needed to do that I felt like Holy Spirit told her to do. And my grandma lived decades more from that. And I was just like, thank you, God, for giving me that so that I can understand. But it all started with an image. Holy Spirit gives you images not to tease you, not to not to not to uh, rub it in your face. He is giving you an image because the thing that he is causing you to see belongs to you. It was created already. It was already created. So the Holy Spirit is showing you what your father, God, has created for you in the end. Why? Because he was already, he was with God. He ain't teasing you, baby. He ain't teasing you when he show you the house. He ain't teasing you when he show you the spouse. He's not teasing you when he shows you that you're debt free. It's not a tease. It's the image that he's trying to get you to focus on. He's trying to get you to spend enough time with it. He's trying to get you to put it right now in my refrigerator. I have a five bedroom, six and a half bed house that we had designed. It is our house. I, I see myself walking through the double doors of the foyer that is nine feet wide and, and, and 10 feet deep. I see my office on the right and I see my dining room on the left. I walk into the living room that's open with the kitchen with 14 foot ceilings. I see my kids sliding down the 22 foot hallway that goes to their rooms. I see them enjoying their own bathrooms because because uh, my, my April wanted everybody to have their own suite. I see myself walking through my bedroom into my bathroom, into my big walk-in closet and accessing the laundry room. I see, I visualize it and I put it on my refrigerator and every day I sit told my kids, when you walk by, say, I thank you God for the finished work. Say, I tap on that picture. Why? Because we've already, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. God ain't teasing me with that. He ain't teasing me. That's why he said, write the vision, make it plain. He wants you to be able to, and, and, and when adversity comes, when, when, when house prices are half a million dollars for the same house that we want to build, we don't get distracted. Why? God, for God, 
believing for a McDonald's chick for I mean McDonald's chicken sandwich and believing for a house is no difference when it comes to our father. The image is the same. All it takes is an image. It is our earthly constructs, our strongholds that says it takes more faith to believe for a house than it does to believe for a chicken sandwich. It is the constructs of man that say it takes more faith to believe for healing than it does for $5 to buy a sandwich. No, it's the same faith. The world has told you that, that, that amounts matter only in the world. I don't care how God comes up with the half million, 650,000 or whatever it takes. All I know is this, is my job to create the image. It's his job to bring provision. It's my job to create the image. It's his job to create provision. But when you, when you focus on God, this is what I need, baby, you don't need anything. God has already provided everything. He knows what you have need of before you even ask for. He knows what you need. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. My job is to seek the image of the kingdom. And when I seek the image of the kingdom, when that becomes in my heart, I say it and I see it. I say it and I see it. It says, mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations. You got to be resilient when you cast down those imaginations. Anytime anything comes into my life that's contrary to the will of God, that exalts itself above against the knowledge of God, it is my job to bring that thing into captivity with the weapon. What's the weapon? The word of God. You say what God has said. You say what God has said. I don't care if your husband, your wife is acting a fool. You say what God has said. I don't care if you got another bill in the mail. You, you say what God has said. You say, you, you stick to what God has said. That's why you got to have the vision that you free. You got to have the vision that, that you have victory. You got to have the vision because when you got a vision, you won't quit. When you got a vision, you don't cave in. When you got a vision, you don't, you don't surrender right before you cross the finish line, baby. When you got a vision, when you know what God has said is to be true, can't no man talk you out of what God has said. That's why we're so fickle, because we believe what other people say more than we knew God. So we paint the images of our well-meaning friends when they say, hey, half a million dollars is a lot of money to pay for a house. When they say you don't need all the bathrooms, when they say you don't need all that square footage, when they say everybody's marriage got to go through, when everybody's kid got to go through the terrible twos and everybody has rebellious teenagers. Those are all strongholds created by man. But what did the word say? The word says that I can have kids. They're obedient to me. The word says that I can have peace of mind. The word says that he wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Prospering means that my kids are obedient. It ain't nothing prosperous about having disobedient kids at any age. It ain't nothing prosperous about having an unhappy marriage. Ain't nothing prosperous about that. So you got to tear down those strongholds with the word of God. Go ahead and say this. Say, my reality is a result of which, what I have imagined in my heart. My reality is a result of what I have imagined in my heart. So let's talk about that word imagination. What am I, 
what am I saying when I say imagination? I am talking about the ability to form a mental image of something that is not perceived through the five senses. So my imagination has the ability to create something. God can God can perceive with his five senses. I mean, he was God. He didn't have five senses in that sense. He so when 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 when, when we're using our imagination, what we're doing is stepping outside of our earthly body to create a reality in which may not exist in the natural. You're like, well, how can I do that? God did that. God gave Adam the opportunity to do that. God, and, and here we see it happen all the time all right, in the Bible. God came to Adam in Genesis, oh, I forgot. In Genesis, I forget which one, two, three, somewhere there, seven, somewhere in those chapters. He he said, he said he brought the animals to Adam and, and said, Adam, what is this? So Adam had to have imagined what it was in order to call it. And he said, whatever Adam imagined it to be, whatever Adam said it to be, that's what it was. That same creative power lives on the inside of you. You don't got to see it in the natural for it to show up in the natural. You don't need it. Light wasn't here, but light was because Jesus said it was. It was on the inside of him. So your imagination gives you the ability to take everything that God has planted on the inside of you and bring it outside of you so that the world can see it. That's what your imagination does. It takes everything that God has deposited in you. Because when God breathed into Adam, he breathed into Adam his spirit. So the same creative power, the same creative ability that God had when he created a earth from a voiceless, formless, dark thing into a utopia, Adam had that same ability. So Adam said, Adam flowed naturally in the thing that God called him to because he was 100% aligned with God. He had torn down all those imaginations, right? He didn't even have anything contrary to the will of God inside of him. So Adam called it for what his daddy said it would be. And that's why the Holy Spirit is only able to say what it hears from the God. Uh, and uh, over in the Gospels, it tells us he. I was only able to say what I heard my father say. The Holy Spirit is only able to say what God has said. Why? Because it's bringing back to our remembrance every single thing that God has deposited on inside of me. And so that's why I'm able to say that I'm debt free with boldness. That's how I'm able to say I'm whole and complete with boldness. That's how I'm able to say that my marriage is whole and divorce is not an option. That's how I'm able to say that my children will be obedient and they will be great and that I won't have rough teenage years. I won't have, I didn't have rough taller years. I won't have rough adolescent years. That's how I can say that with confidence. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. The only thing that matters is the image that I have in my mind. You're so concerned about what the world thinks. The only thing that matters is the image that you have in your mind. So in Romans 4 and 17, it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. And here's the part I want you to know. Who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So you have the ability, you, Alicia, you, Tiffany, you, Serena, you, Courtney, have the ability to speak of non-existent things as if they already existed. Why? because they already existed. 
you're only causing history to repeat itself. God is trying to get you to cast down those imaginations. He's trying to get you to tear down those strongholds using his mighty weapon, which is his word, so that you can paint an image that he has for our life inside of our mind so that we can begin to create from what doesn't exist. See, but the enemy is always trying to get you to say, oh, you don't got enough money. The enemy is always trying to get you to focus on reality. He is always trying to get you to focus on a God-given vision based off what you can see existing right now. And if he can get you to operate in the construct of your five senses, then he can get you to step outside of imagination. He can get you to step outside of vision and begin to get you to step inside of your reality because the reality is what you're focusing on. Your reality is what you're spending your time uh, making big in your life. Then you think the same thoughts and you see the same things. So if I want to see something different, I got to understand that things can be existed from exist from things I have not seen. Things can exist from things I have not seen. Things can exist from things I have not seen. I'm going to keep saying that till y'all get it. Things can exist from things I have not seen. You don't got to wait on the money to get the house. You don't got to wait on the money to get the car. You don't got to wait on the money to get pay off the bill. You don't got to you don't need to see the money to see it. Money's God's job. Your job is just simply to paint the vision. But because you don't take time to see it, you'll never see it. I wrote down a quote it's at the end of my notes, but I'll say it now. If you can't get it into your imagination, you won't be able to get it into your life. If you can't get it into your imagination, you won't be able to get it into your life. So anything I can fail, I fail to imagine, I'll fail to see it. Anything I fail to imagine, I'll fail to see it. That's why you can come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and you can come to prayer and you can read scriptures, but you ain't meditating on the word. You ain't meditating on the word. Joshua 1 and 8 says, meditate on the word both day and night to do what? I'm getting ahead of my notes. Uh, Joshua 1 and 8 says, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night that you may do what? Tell me what it says. So that you may do what? So that you may do what? So you may observe. Observation. God is trying to set you up. He said, I don't got you studying my word because it ain't important. I don't got you studying my word because there's nothing better to do. I got you studying my word so that you may observe, so that you may paint a picture in your mind and you can do according to all that's written in then what happens? You make your way prosperous and you deal wisely and you have good success. I've always read through that and I'm like, oh God, that makes sense. He wants me to meditate on my word, on his word so that I may observe. Observe is something visual. Observe is something in compliance to. Meditate on the word both day and night so I may observe to do. Observe and do is what the improviser says. So I may observe and do. So I see myself in the house and then I walk out what he says to do to get the house. I see myself skinny and then I walk out the things that needs to be skinny. I see myself having a good marriage and I walk out the things that he said to be uh, to have a good marriage. And sometimes that means asking forgiveness when I didn't do nothing wrong. Oops, yeah, that does happen. That means asking for forgiveness when I didn't do nothing wrong. That means being quiet when I want to talk. That means buying flowers 
when I I don't cuss, but y'all when you want to cuss them out, that means that means hugging them when you want to push them away. That's what that means to observe, because in my mind, I picture myself having a good marriage, but then I don't want to do what it takes to have a good marriage. In my mind, I picture myself having a better job, but I don't show up on time for the job I have. I don't do accordingly. I don't do the accordingly. I, you don't. You you can't see yourself. You don't observe yourself being a CEO when you ain't a good person where you at now. You can't even be a good person to show up on time. How are you gonna be the CEO? Everybody gonna be late for the job. Whole business gonna be late. Why? Because that's what you sowing. You and so you mad at God because you don't see it, but you ain't never saw it, and that's so unfair. To God, because that is not how it works. Check this out. Did you ever see it? You're right. Did you ever see it? And that's why I realized that I got to a point where I remember me and April sitting in, when we got in this house, we was like, Lord, we need a washer and dryer. And we were walking and, and we didn't have one. And, and, and at that time, money was a little tight. So we could have charged one, but that's not what we wanted to do. So we got an image in our minds of a washer and dryer. And we will go in that washroom uh, and we would declare that we have a washer and dryer. As we were at the laundromat, washing the clothes, we were just thanking God for our washer and dryer. This would be the last time I show up in this, this laundromat. Every time we were painting that image and then somebody called us like a month or two after getting the house and said, hey, I'm moving. I got a brand new washer and dryer. Do you want it? Do you want it? And we was like, thank you, God. We had, it's like countless times over the years, I, I began to think, I'm like, I remember when we didn't have a TV in the living room. I remember how we were leaving God for a TV and then the people that would come to our house would put money in the jar. We we weren't borrowing money for it. We were believing God for it. So many times you don't you 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 look at your own money as your source. Your money is not your your source. God is your source. You are paying for things that God wants to pay for for you. You are paying for, I hear that, Lord. You are out here paying for things that God wants to do for you. But instead of creating a big vision and quit, instead of creating the vision and making it plain, instead of creating that image and using your imagination to lay hold of the promise and the victory that God has you, you just go charge it or you just use your bank account to buy it. Why? Because you got the money to do it. When God always wanted you just to ask him for it, when God just wanted you to paint the image in your mind and let him, and he wanted to provide it for you. But you, so many of us take God out the picture because we got savings accounts that can provide for us now. We, we got a little good credit that can provide for us now. You know, we ain't getting the nose when we go to the bank. We got 837 credit scores. We got a few thousands of dollars saved up in the bank, you know. So if we want to go on a vacation. We just take the money out the bank when God is trying to set us up for something so much bigger. But we refuse to take the time to ask God, how do you want to do this for me, God? God, I get an image of the vacation. I get an image of somebody babysitting all three of them little kids, God, and me and April going somewhere. God, I thank you that where we go is nice and it's enjoyable, God, and that we just don't hear nobody call our name. I thank you for a babysitter that don't cause us to worry, but they good, God. They take care of our kids. I get that image on my mind. 
and I'm gonna go and I go on that vacation. I go on a vacation in my head before I ever go on a vacation in reality. The vacation is paid for already in reality because it's paid for in my head. Because you gotta paint the vision. And the power of imagination is so strong. Oh God, this, we are an hour in. The power of imagination is so strong that it moved God when the, at the Tower of Babel. And, and Genesis 11, in Genesis 11, verse 4, it says this. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build it. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. They are lined and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And this is where we're going to probably have to end up tonight. So look at this. They, God stepped out of heaven. He said, let me go down there and look at this. We know they weren't in heaven because... I mean, they have been not, they, if they had built it already to heaven, I mean, God would know because they have been in heaven. He said, let me go down here because uh, they haven't imagined to do it. But I need y'all to look at verse six. If we got verse six, can we put up verse six? It says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one, they are learned, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. They begin to do, right? And now, nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from you which you have imagined to do. See, that's why you don't got to worry about the money. You don't got to worry about the high. Nothing is restrained from you when you imagine to do it. God said, let me go down. And they, 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 they had the wrong rationale. They were trying to build it and make a name for themselves. So God went down and he, he scattered them. But, but the thing that you got to take away from this is that your imagination destroys all restraints. Go ahead and type that. Say, my imagination destroys all restraints. Hallelujah. My imagination destroys all restraints. It is the vehicle that's capable of taking me past my presence into my future. My imagination destroys all restraints. So this is a year of five to one, Lord. So I thank you that the money, it was, the, the money it would took five years to get that I'm getting it in one year. I thank you that the health that it took me five years to get, I'm getting it in one year. I'm getting it in one day. I'm getting it in one hour. I'm getting it in one minute. I'm getting it in one second. Why? Nothing will restrain me when I use my imagination. My imagination destroys all restraints. That's what faith is. That's why the Bible says, we always say, faith begins where the will of God is known, right? Why? Faith can't, be, you can't have faith until you had an image. Where did the image come from? The image came from the word. 
So faith begins where the will of God is known or faith begins where the image is created. You think you're in faith, but you really not because there's no image. Without an image, there is no faith. That's just what the I'm, I'm preaching the word to you. And y'all need to, I know we had an hour, five minutes, but if y'all need to go, go. Faith begins where the will of God is known. What the will of God does is creates an image. That's why when God told Abraham that he'll be a father of many nations, he said, Abraham, picture the granules of sand in the earth. That's how many of your kids will be. He has given Abraham an image image to live by. He said, number the stars. That's how great your seed will be. He was given Abraham an image to live by. So faith was able to begin for Abraham because he had a word. He had an image. And so many times we think that we're in faith, but we're really not in faith. We have a word, but we don't have an image. And until the word produces an image, you are not in faith. And because you're not in faith, you're not able to manifest the promise. Does that make sense to you? Go over to Hebrews 11. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How can faith be a substance? Faith is a substance because faith is an image. Faith is evidence because faith is a receipt. It's the title deed. It is the indication that it belongs to me. The fact that I go and I see my house and I walk through my house, that's how I know I'm in faith because I can see myself in it. I can see myself watching the game. I can see myself barbecuing for my friends and family. I can see my kids running around the yard screaming. I am in faith for that. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know where the down payment's going to come from. I don't know how it's going to be done, but that's God's job. I don't, in a, I don't cross the lines. God said that he'll be for my vision, right? Provision. God said he's a provider. He is, that word pro means to be for. Vider comes from the word vision, to be for my vision. So my job as a believer is to have faith that the thing that God promised me from decades ago, that he would give me houses that I didn't build, that he would take care of me, that he would cause me to prosper, that he would get this, do this thing for me. It is not my job to figure out how it's going to happen. It is my job to create the image of it already happening. That's my job. And so when we begin to cross those lines and we begin to, to, to try to figure out where the money coming from, we begin to figure out where the yes is coming from. We begin to try to figure out, I'm done. I'm, I mean, I'm looking for land and things like that. But really, right now, I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see you. What you want me to do right now is to trust you that you got it done. You, so, so God, here's my vision. Here's what I, this is what I see according to your word. So thank you, God, that you are for that. Thank you that you're my provider. Because we talk, we talk about Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? So what vision do you got that he can be for? What vision do you have that he can be for? 
You don't have a vision, some of us, because you're not resilient. You're caving in. You're quitting. Why? Because you're so tied up. I, I mean, it'll take five years to get the house. You, If you ain't dying, you're going to be five years older anyway. You might as well have the house when you get there in the five years. You might as well have it. But if you don't got a vision, God can't be pro. He can't be for anything if you don't got anything. I hope that makes sense to you. God can't be for anything if you don't got anything. So go back and read the prophecy. See all the things that the prophecy promised you can have. See yourself walking in to that, into that wealthy place. What's wealthy? Nothing missing, nothing broken in your mind, in your body, on your job, in your marriage, in your relationships. See yourself. Why? Because restraints come out, come from a lack of vision. Restraints come from a lack of vision. So the only time you will ever be restrained is when you don't have vision, when you're not using your imagination. Why? Because what happens is you begin to see the thing the way that everybody in the earth see it. Everybody in the earth, people who are not believers, they like, oh, I got to have the right credit score. Oh, I got to I got to have the right down payment. I got to have this. I got to have check this box. I got to check that box. Why? Because uh, you're not using your imagination. You're now operating according to strongholds. The ways of this world, they are strongholds. The ways of this world, they are strongholds. That's why it says we're in this world, but we're not of this world. That's why it says, uh, be ye renewed. I mean, uh, man, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, why did I just go blank? That's why it says, you're, you're, uh, don't be like this world, but renew your mind. All right, y'all know what Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, so that, the purpose of that is that we get out of the earth's way of thinking. You don't, It doesn't matter if the job says you need a specialist or a doctor. If God said that's your job, that's your job. Now, God may also tell you to go back to school. All right. He could tell you that. But I am not limited to the restraints of this world. Why? Because when I use my imagination to see myself in that position, all my imagination destroys all the restraints. And, and so the restraints come from when I lose focus of the vision that God has for me. Lack of vision is a result of a lack of the word. And why do people perish? Because of a lack of knowledge. That's what God was saying. My people perish for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. When you reject knowledge, you are rejecting the ability to create images. When you reject the ability to create images, you now embrace the restraints of the land in which you live, which is earth. And in the earth, if you're a certain color, then you're then you don't you got things that won't work for you. If you're a certain sex, you got all these odds against you. If you live in a certain place, then all these things got to happen before this can happen. When you live in the earth and you live by the earth ways, you're subject to the restraints of the earth. But baby, you in this world, but you're not of this world. So when I use my imagination to transport me to the place that which I know that I'm supposed to live, then all restraints fall off and I experience what my father has said. That's what happened with Abraham and Sarah. It didn't matter their age. The restraints of that uh, failing to be erected, that fell off. The restraint of her dried up womb, that fell off. All restraints fell off when they've imagined Isaac coming into this world. 
What, what's, what's your strength? What do you need to use the weapons of your warfare, which are mighty through God for the pulling of down of strongholds? What do you need to capture? What word do you need to tear down? God, you know what? I can believe you for healing, but I'm having trouble believing you for a new job. I can believe you for a new job, God, but I'm, I'm having trouble believing you for money. Why? Because your, your stronghold, your thermostat has been set at this. Everybody in your family made this amount. Everybody in your family was married this long before they got divorced. divorced. Everybody in your family was uh lived this long before they got sick. What stronghold do you got going that needs to be torn down? Why? Because when you use your imagination, when you paint that image, faith begins. Where faith begins, then it brings substance. It brings substance. It brings substance. Man, we're at an hour 15 minutes. We're going to stop. We'll just stop. Because I keep going. We're going to stop. I, I, listen, listen. I want you guys to go. I'm telling you, I've been the last two weeks, I mean, all this week, I mean, I've been going and I've been painting images because I remember when things were just showing up in my life all the time. It was because I spent time meditating. I spent time, I wasn't concerned on how, but I was only concerned on seeing myself there. Why? Because God is the pro. He is for my job is to have vision. My vision must line up with his word. So I can't now go believe God for somebody else's wife or anything like that. Your vision got to line up with the word. Why? Because faith starts where the will of God is known, right? And why do we need the will of God? The will of God paints the image. The image allows me to have faith and faith lays hold to, it's the title deed, it's the guarantee that I'll receive. Why? Because the Bible says, every. Those who come to God must believe that he, he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I got to understand that as I seek out God, that he's going to reward me with everything I need. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing lacking. Why? Because your imagination has the ability to transport you into a future that you have in your earth and your five senses can't imagine. That's what I want you to do every day for the rest of this year. For the next, how many we got? Four months left? 9, 10, 11, 12. We got 120 days left. Every day, imagine yourself living Father One. Every day, imagine your body healed. Every day, imagine your marriage whole. Every day, imagine, uh, I don't care what your spouse does. My marriage is whole. Even when they act a fool, I thank you, Lord, that my marriage is whole. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me a plan of action, that you're giving me uh, faith to endure and to change come, that you're giving me uh, showing up miracles and you're showing favor in my life. I thank you for that because when you're in faith, you can expect those things to happen. But God can't do nothing for you if you don't got a vision for your own life. And know this, your imagination is always working. It's always working. It's always working. That's how you found yourself in bed comfortable. And then next thing you know, you in the you in line at Andy's getting a snow, I mean, getting some ice cream. Why? Because your imagination was working. You was laying in bed. You was comfortable. You was in your underwear. I mean, you you chilling. However you go to bed and you thought about that ice cream. That thought began to produce the, you began to taste it, right? You began to taste the ice cream in your mouth. The salt, the sweet, the caramel, the pecans, the chocolate. And before you know it, what was just an image in your mind 
had moved you into a reality of experience. In the same way you use your image to go get some food, in the same way you use your imagery, your image maker, your imagination to cause you to go. See, when you went on a date, when you went on a date, you imagine yourself sleeping with them. You just didn't fall in bed with them. You already imagined yourself that. And so that's how you ended up there. You don't ever find yourself anywhere that you ain't already imagined. Say law on that. You won't ever find yourself anywhere that you ain't already imagined. Now, look, you can get sucker punched, right? You can find yourself like, why is all this death? I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you finding yourself in situation. That's where you imagine yourself. So we're going to use the power of imagery. We're going to go to war with the enemy. We're going to use the word of God to tear down strongholds. And we're going to walk in to the goodness of God. We're going to walk into the year of release. We're going to walk into five and one. We're not going to walk into it. We walking in it, baby. We experienced it already. Declare this, Father, I'm open for you to use my imagination to show me the things you have planned for me. And when he show you those things, write them down, see them, run after them. And it doesn't matter what the earth shows you, baby. Why? Your imagination casts away all restraints. It don't matter how many no's you get between now and your yes, baby. Your yes is out there. Your yes is out there. Yo, yes is out there. Oh, oh yes. Yo, yes is out there. Yo, yes is out there. So let's let's go home. Psalms 1, 2, and 3. Let's go home with this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And wherever he does shall prosper. When we meditate on the word, we have the ability to build mental scenes into our minds and events that do not even exist in the natural, that are not present and that now ha have not even ever happened before. You have the ability to create something new. So as a fellowship of champion, as a believer, I want you to create something new this week. I want you to create something new. And if you're living a good life, it's still better out there. It's still more. It's still bigger create something new. Let's all walk out the rest of this year creating something new with our imagination. Let's see what God has said. Amen. Go ahead and make this confession. Say, I will see what God has said. I will see what God has said. Well, we're a whole hour and 20 minutes in, and I'm not going to apologize for it because y'all could leave. And we, we watch TV, we watch uh, episodes and episodes after self. So, I'm not going to apologize for it. I love you because I love you. I want you to know what the word says about your life. We spend time teaching the word, not for ourselves. I could have just taught this word. Not, and I've been talking to April and talking to the kids all week. I'm talking to one of my employees on my way from work. We talk, He's a minister. We're talking about the word. We do this for you. So you engage and, I, and see what God has said. And so let me go over the announcements. First, sow into the word, guys. I want you to sow into this word. I want you to sow into the word. I want you to sow into the word. I want you to sow tonight into the word. I want you to ask God, God, what is it? You, what image? What? Speak to my imagination. Show me 
what you want me to see this year. And sow a seed on that. The, the seed that I sow tonight, I'm just thanking God that, that this year I'll see what he said. I'll see the 501. I'll see the release. I will see what God has said. Sow into the word. Because, listen, I'm telling you, I don't claim to be a prophet or none of that. But what I'm telling you is this. If you will paint the image in your mind and you will quit focusing on the how and let God be for the vision, if you will just see it, you some magic, magic, not magical, some manifestations are happening in your life this year, this month, this week. I am with this one. I was sitting on the porch the other day. No, April was sitting on the porch the other day. And she texted me out the blue and said, I see us getting money. She said, watch in the next couple of days, money goes show up. And then what I checked the bank account and we had a couple thousand dollars that was owed to us in the bank account. Then something else happened and we had another $900 show up out the blue. And then I had somebody give me some money for something else. And she said, I told you, Ralph. And she said, it's only beginning. Why? Because she painted that image in her head. The Lord told her. And see, that's what the Lord will do. He'll give you something. He's like, Ralph. He's like, April, I want you to I want you to see this. He's like, April, I want you to see this money coming in your life. And April said, OK, Lord, I see the money coming in my life. I received that for my life. And it showed up. You're going to go to bed one way. You're going to wake up another. Blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. And you're going to tear down those strongholds because you're going to meditate on the word so that no matter the season, you're going to be like the tree planted by the water. Wherever you go, you prosper. Why? Because wherever you go, you got that image maker with you, baby. You're going to create the reality in which you want to live. So if you don't like what you're seeing, paint a new picture. Paint a new picture. All right. So announcements. All right. Join us tomorrow. I, I love y'all. I mean, I needed this word so bad. I'm telling y'all. I, I, and I still I'm still going to study because I I'm tell, we are going to see the goodness of the Lord poured out among us in ways that we've never seen it before. The Lord is wanting to be good for us. He just saying, will y'all will y'all vision yourself there so I can get to you what I told you I could have out further. But from the I create the end before the beginning, I'm just trying to get Holy Spirit to show you what I want you to have. Spend time with me. So that you can see what I see, so that you can experience what I've gotten for you. Thursday night, show up for a night, get your teens involved, uh, 7 p.m. and Victory Zones on Demand. We just wrapped up, uh, we're wrapping up the series this week uh, on Bible trivia, and then we'll start a new one. But get your kids plugged in on that. Friday, 6.30 a.m., join us for uh, Champion Circle, all right? Be committed. I'm going to challenge you every time I teach. In these last 120 days, be committed. This is not the time to cave in. It's not the time to start saying you're too busy for services. Be at every service unless you got a legitimate reason not to. And then if you miss it, watch the replay. Champion Circle, 6.30 a.m. Sunday morning, join Pastor Chris and Pastor I mean, Elder Valley for Christian Valley Worships at 9 a.m. Follow at 9.30 by Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean continuing their series right now on resiliency. Then on Monday, Strategies for Success with Pastor Sean. And make sure you go like and follow her uh, professional page. I think she did a pop-up today. I was at a campus, so I missed it. So I'll have to catch it. Uh, Strategies for Success. Follow and like her page. Follow and like Pastor Chris's page, Christian Valley Worships. And then Tuesday night, 
Sorry about that. Tuesday night, join us for prayer at 8 p.m. All right. So, man, 50 of y'all hung in there. Y'all hung in there. And so what I want to do now, if you don't know Christ, you know what we've been doing. Come home, baby. Come home. Come home and dream again. Some of y'all need to ask God, God, I want to dream again or I want to dream. Show me what you have for me. I keep a tablet by my bed because a lot of times I dream something and I have a tendency to forget. So I wake up and I write it or I send myself a text message about it. God's going to begin showing you images of your life. He's not teasing you. I'm not sure who that's for, but he's not teasing you with those images. That's your real life. That, that's, that's where God has you. That's real. The money you see, that's real. The health you see, that's real. The peace in your mind, that's real. How do you access that? You access it by coming home. You access it by allowing God to come into your life and be your Lord and your personal Savior. So if you've never done that, just say, God, you know what? I'm coming home. I want you to be my Lord. I know that you're my Savior, and, and, and I'm coming home. I want to live this life that you have for me. I want to see myself the way you see me. And accept him as Lord. And then do, don't observe and do according to what he said. And then if FOC is the place you call to be, we had six, wow, we had 69 people unrefreshed. Wow, bet. bet. If this is your place, join FOC. Become a virtual partner. All right, the link's on the website. Man, FOC is for a lot of people. And a lot of y'all, I see that y'all on here. I don't know everybody that's a virtual partner, but I see some of the same names. If you ain't clicked that link yet, go click, click that link tonight. Join up, be a partner. Because I'll tell you, FOC, we doing things. At FOC, our partners are growing up and becoming. At FOC, we teaching people to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. If that's what you want, then go ahead. Become a partner tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Become a partner tonight. Tonight, become a partner. And so as we end, I'm going to pray for y'all and we're going to get off here. We had a full hour, 27 minutes. I love y'all. Y'all hanging in there. Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're painting onto our mind images of what you have called us to be. I thank you that we will tear down strongholds and every imagination that may exalt itself above you by using your word. We will meditate on that word both day and night so that we may observe and we may do according to all that's written therein so that we may have be prosperous and have good success. We're going to meditate on that word so that we can be like the tree planted by the living waters so that no matter the season, our, we won't, our leaves won't ever wither because we'll always be planted, Father. So, God, I thank you that, that no attack of the enemy will deter us. We'll be grounded. We'll be unmovable. We'll be unshakable. We'll be our verse for this year, 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. We declare right now in the name of Jesus that our imagination is completely aligned with the word of God. And because our imagination is completely aligned with the word of God and your word is in our hearts in abundance, our mouth speaks a thing. And everything that our mouth speaks in, a, in, in out in abundance, God, we thank you. We decree and declare that it is a manifestation in this earth now. We call forth 
a bumper crop of every single thing that we have spoken. We dig up every word that we have ever spoken in our lives that does not align with the kingdom. And we declare that every word that we speak in faith bring forth harvest. We thank you that you're for our vision, Lord. So we declare right now in the name of Jesus, that every vision that we have, every image in our mind, everything that you have called us to have, that you're not teasing us, Father. We thank you that tonight, Father, we'll see the man, we'll see ourselves walking into the thing that you have promised. And we know that our good father has already made provision for us to have it. There is nothing missing. There's nothing broken in our life. Our imagination has destroyed all restraint and we inherit everything that you have. We thank you for the release. We thank you for five and one. And we thank you that today will be the worst that we have ever, be the worst that we ever live and tomorrow will be better. And the day after that will be better. We're living our best lives now and our lives will only get better. And we thank you for that in Jesus name, amen. Amen. You guys be blessed. I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you for everybody that hung in there. You guys spend time in the word, spend time meditating. I challenge you, take away a show. If you watch three shows a week, take one away. Spend more time in the word. We're going to dig in and FOC is going to see mighty, mighty things happen. You know why we're going to see them? Because we see them first. We see them here first. You guys be blessed. I'm so grateful for you. Have a great rest of the week.